This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. Well, I'm going to venture a guess that all of you who are listening are leaders who are passionate and mission-driven in what you do. But having passion and being mission-driven doesn't necessarily guarantee you that you'll be successful when starting or growing a nonprofit. It takes a lot more than that. I mean, number one, it takes a lot of work, right? And a commitment to fundraising. It takes a willingness to tell your story as much as possible and on as many platforms as possible. Well, my guest today had a vision. While she was living in the Philippines, after she saw firsthand Filipino nurses risking their lives on the front lines, she had a vision to offer nurses a global message of gratitude for their bravery and sacrifice during these difficult times of COVID. So she launched the One Heart Movement. In fact, you may have heard of it. It's a global effort to rally community love in support of our healthcare heroes who continue to fight on behalf of all of us. Well, this turned into a nonprofit organization with the same name, One Heart Movement. And my guest today is Krista Kleiner. She's the founder and executive director. I think you're going to really enjoy Krista's story because she started this from scratch and has really grown a large social media presence in a short amount of time and has really grown a lot of fundraising support. So I think you're going to really enjoy hearing her story today. I also want to give a shout out to Mallory. Mallory, thanks so much for your great comments about the podcast. I'm so glad you found this podcast to be so helpful. And I encourage you, if you listen to this podcast and you like it, let me know. I would love to hear a comment or even better, give us a rating on iTunes or you can go to Google Podcast or Spotify and give us a rating because the ratings definitely get the word out about the podcast even more. And finally, I wanted to let you know one of our newest features is that we're uploading our show onto YouTube. We understand that a lot of people check out podcasts on YouTube, and so we're going to do that. We're going to start adding content more and more every week. Now, of course, we're already on iTunes and Google Podcasts and Amazon and Spotify, but now we're going to be on YouTube as well, so you can check us out there. Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. All right, enough intro. Enjoy today's show. Well, Krista, thanks so much for being on the show. You know, I wanted to start out by asking the question, you've helped start a movement to show support for our healthcare heroes who have really served under really difficult circumstances the last 18 months and continue serving bravely. Tell us about this movement. How did you get it started and why did you decide to get this started in the first place? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show, Rob. You know, I think Like many people during COVID, I was stopped in my tracks from my normal routine and had the time and the opportunity to look inwards and reassess things and not just internally with myself and family and friends, but also just get a new perspective on where society was at. And like many people, I became kind of heartbroken at the divide that I was feeling at a time where I thought it would be a no-brainer that the the world would come together over what we were going, this tragic, kind of scary, shared experience of dealing with the pandemic. And when I noticed this divide at a time where 
people were really suffering and started to learn about the statistics of this, the impact it had on our healthcare workers and specifically nurses, I just felt this internal call to action to step up and see how I could help. And I have no background in the medical space, although I am half Filipino and it's already known that that's a common field to pursue. And and so I just started researching and trying to learn. I think that's really, you know, the beauty of the internet and things we have available to us is that we have these resources to learn. And, and sure, there's all sorts of things we could say about misinformation and such. But what I did find was that there was room to help. And so I reached out to some amazing people in my life and shared this desire and showed my research and try to make it as easy as possible for them to understand what I was seeing and, and then brainstorm on, on what we could do together. And it really started there. And, and I'm, we're not alone, right? So many movements and nonprofits have been created during this time. And it's just a um, feeling of, of our society could use it. So that's really where it started. Well, I love your heart and I always ask why people start what they do because it tells you a lot about the person and it tells you often the trajectory of that organization based on the heart of the person or the, the original vision. So you told me off you know, uh, camera, so to speak, that this is your new kind of venture into the nonprofit world. You'd not had experience, as I understand, doing this in the past. So what has that been like? This is a brand new area for you. How did you get started and how's it going so far? Well, you know, I, I had some background as serving as an ambassador and a spokesperson for actually a number of different nonprofits, um, but I definitely had no experience in starting my own. And when I had first come up with the ideas I had to contribute, I kept thinking um, it could fall under one of these organizations that I was connected to. But in the process of creating who are now our, our board and just, you know, sharing it with them, you know, we got on a call with a lawyer of, uh, who specializes in nonprofits and shared the idea. And he suggested that it was its own idea and it should be its own nonprofit. And, you know, within one minute, our dear friend, our board member, Raghu said, I agree, let's start it. And I was just kind of like, wait, did, did we, are we, we're starting Wait, what just happened? And so uh, I've been, you know, working to keep up with everything since then, but it's the greatest, it was the greatest surprise and gift at the same time. And I am so fortunate to have a lot of really wise and caring people around me. And I think that's so key in starting, I mean, in life in general, but especially starting an, or an organization. And I feel like it's given me something to focus all, all this energy in a beautiful and productive way. I think the limitations of COVID can easily be frustrating. And it's given me something to be excited about and to feel good about and a beautiful way to connect with people on a deeper level. So while there are pressures and things without a doubt, especially mostly self-inflicted, right? Because I keep <laughs> wanting to do more and more things. But overall, it's made this time really special for me. I love that. That's excellent. Well, this podcast is dedicated to nonprofit leaders. And among nonprofit leaders, there's a lot of people that are very passionate and mission-driven like you are. Being passionate and mission-driven are key components, in fact, I would say, of creating and building movements, leading nonprofits. So talk about maybe how you got this movement off the ground and how have you grown it? And it's only been, like, what, 18 months, sounds like. It's, it's still in the infancy stage, if you will. How have you sustained it, though, so far? 
It's actually even younger than that. <laughs> we didn't, you know, start talking about establishing until December. And then- Oh, wow. So it is brand know, new. It is, it is a baby. So what I realized in doing that research, uh, first learning about the healthcare worker impact is I, I wanted to be able to do more than just support the healthcare sector. And, and so when we created our mission statement, we had the intention to make it very open, to lend itself, to be able to- support different things that came up that we thought were, were relevant. And so our mission is to foster unity and well-being through the power of community love. And I chose that because I think that one of the biggest issues we face as a society is this lack of seeing our society as an extended community. And when we become more caught up in seeing our differences, whether that's country, skin color, gender, et cetera, we can go on and on, political background, then I feel like it becomes a block for us resolving all the issues that we have. And if we're able to like start there and start bringing us together, then we would be able to be more efficient at tackling the different problems that we have. And so that's where the unity part came from, the well-being, you know, to be able to say, yeah, health-wise, we want to be great physically, but also mentally. So we're all in a, at a better place to do good. If, if we're healthy and well, then we can be more effective at helping others and being productive and positive citizens, right? And then the community love part of it is I really believe in the power we have in working together and empowering each other, that we do have the ability to make a positive impact. And it starts with connecting with the other people around us. And so, you know, what started off with healthcare workers has expanded into a number of different beautiful initiatives that we've pursued. We came on as a presenting partner for the Asian World Film Festival. And that became very important to me, not only because of my, my Asian heritage. It's great that people are speaking up on socials and things, but ultimately I think something that drives understanding and compassion um, is media, right? And I just feel like there wasn't enough stories for people to understand these different cultures. So that inspired that. And we've gone into the mental health space as well, working with the Chopra Foundation on a film about uh, suicide prevention and recovery. So that's been really meaningful. Obviously, mental health is a huge issue right now. Every 40 seconds, someone takes their own life. I was blown away when I heard this. And I'm I'm so happy we had an opportunity to contribute in some way. And we also launched a forest, <laughs> believe it or not. I never thought I could say those words. Okay, you got to talk about this. Okay, explain this one. So on World Environment Day, we launched a forest called the One Heart Forest. And what I had come to learn is that one of the biggest struggles of environmentalists is connecting the environment, having a human connection to it. We often see like people and planet, you know, or people and environment. So what we did is we set a goal to plant 4 million trees on behalf of every life lost to COVID as a symbolic gesture to remind us of what we all collectively went through as a world and pay honor to those lives we've lost by planting new life in the one heart forest and helping connect the idea of life is life. And, you know, and to support all life on earth, we can plant new, like this sort of thing. So very excited to share a beautiful partnership um, with Cherokee medical uniforms, the number one distributors of medical uniforms in the world, 70 countries are planning 115,000 trees on behalf of every healthcare worker we lost in the world. And, and that's just the beginning. 
<laughs> that's incredible. Say that one more time for the podcast. How many again? That That's incredible. So Cherokee Medical Uniforms has come on to donate to plant 115,000 trees on behalf of every healthcare worker we've lost in the world. That's amazing. Congratulations. That is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. And we obviously still have a long way to go, you know, to reach our goal, but I find, um, and probably something that, you know, can apply to, to others as well is get creative. You know what I mean? There's so many ideas and, and ways we can contribute, but if we kind of think of how we can stand out and be a little bit different, I think them it opens up the possibility to resonate with people in a different way. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, one of the things you already mentioned is fundraising and getting people behind you, whether it be gift and kind donations to actually financial donations. That is something that is so important to any nonprofit, anybody trying to create a movement or to grow their nonprofit. Fundraising is a piece of that or development. Often people call it right. So talk about that a little bit. So obviously you've got Cherokee on board and you've got some other people very much engaged with what you're doing, supportive. How have you gone about doing the fundraising and what are some of your plans uh, in the future to keep this going and even expanding your nonprofit? I'll tell you this. I I have always struggled asking for money. <laughs> it's not something I enjoy doing, even if I'm working and, and really pouring myself into projects. But what I have found with the nonprofit is that by having such a, a clear vision and having my heart in the right place and having done my research of how this will be effective to make positive change, that it's given me the courage to ask for financial support in a way that I've never been able to do before. And so I think that doing one's homework is very important, really knowing what we're talking about, what we're asking for, and being able to answer the other person's possible questions, you know, is a really great starting point. And when we can show, you know, the difference it will make and, and, and all of these things, then that's a way to get people inspired. I think a lot of people want to do good. We are, we have good in us, right? And so I take it as my job, my responsibility to show people the kind of a platter of how they can possibly do good that will make them feel good and make a positive impact. We'll be right back. Hey friends. Thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, I want to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other episodes with fascinating guests that I previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. There you'll find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country and even from different countries, all trying to make their world better. I also want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. This will help us get this great content out to more nonprofit leaders just like you. Now, finally, if you want to get my monthly email update that contains more resources in addition to these episodes, it's really easy. Just go to my website at nonprofitleadershippodcast.org and simply type your email address in the top right-hand box, and you'll be added to our monthly email update. And this way, you'll never miss any of the interviews or extra content from this show. And if you have any questions or comments, do not hesitate to email me. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Oh, I love that. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, they've done studies on this, right? Altruism and giving back and helping others is actually good for your own health, right? And thanks for sharing that. And obviously you're still new, even newer than I initially thought. 
One of the things, though, that I thought was very significant, because this is something that, again, nonprofit leaders are always trying to figure out how to do, is to really utilize their social media presence and to really get it out there where people understand, particularly if you're a new movement or a new nonprofit, boy, it's gold if you can get people that are on social media to help promote it, get the word out. And you, I understand, I was told that you had a significant, you do have a significant social media presence. And one of the reasons that was the case was TikTok sensations, Charlie and Dixie, D'Amelio actually helped get the word out to the point where you drew over 20 million hits at one time with your social media. So you got to talk about that. Like my listeners want to know, how did you do that? How did you pull that off? Because, you know, social media presence, I do think is so critical today, particularly if you're going to reach this next generation. But I think across the board, people get their information. They get a lot of their entertainment, of course. So if you can get your nonprofit or your movement out in front of people through social media, it's so critical and can actually grow your presence, which then draws more people in to volunteer, to support it. So yeah, talk about your experience and how did you pull that off this last uh, couple of months? You know, it's interesting hearing you say that. I can't really believe that we we managed to pull that off either. And again, thanks to some amazing help. One of our board members made an introduction that led to that. Before even getting to that point, I think it really goes back to what we were talking about is creating something beautiful that people can resonate with. And at the time that we were doing this, we were anticipating Valentine's Day which while it can bring a lot of joy to people, it's actually a time where, you know, ERs and hospitals get filled with people who are depressed and dealing with other issues. And I thought, well, why don't we get ahead of the ball and instead, you know, and anticipate that this is, this is a really weird Valentine's day. Everyone's really isolated. They've been isolated. This can kind of exasperate that. So why don't we do something to help rebrand it as a day of also including community love. And instead of it being a hard time, we can make it something really beautiful. So I had this idea that uh, we could do something called the one heart handoff, a social campaign where we would allow people the opportunity to have a public demonstration of community love. And, and we gave them the idea of how they could participate, which is putting their hands in the shape of a heart and pulling out of the camera and doing a dance or showing an act of love to someone. And then throwing their heart hands back into the camera to, as if passing it on to someone else to catch. And later we could edit this all together. How beautiful that would be to have, even though we're not physically in rooms together, it still looks like we're connected because we're passing our hearts to each other. Love it. Yeah. And, perfect. <laughs> thank you. And, and I thought, well, that will be so beautiful to see. And at the same time, since we're launching and we're brand new, this could help create awareness around our nonprofit and, and, we knew one of the challenges would be moving forward is to create a presence because we were new before being able to really, you know, do more of the beautiful things we wanted to do. And we had to kind of create some credibility, right? And so there's so many different ways that we could do that. And one of the ways was to create a social following. And the way that we did it was creating this social challenge to inspire people to, you know, do a public demonstration of community love. And that's something that seemed to appeal to the D'Amelios, especially knowing that we were doing it to honor healthcare workers and, and each other, you know, so we're really grateful that they were as open as they were to it. And that was largely um, with the assistance of Dan Cotullo, who's on our board and has a background in entertainment, connecting us with the CEO of uh, Triller and, and their team getting on to support that. So partnerships are so key. 
I'm glad you said that. You're, you're absolutely right. Partnerships are critical and also utilizing your board well. You know, oftentimes I think for a lot of nonprofit leaders, they have board members that have connections or they're just out there in the community and know people that you may not, but would be able to find people that would support your nonprofit. So well done to reach out to Dan. And obviously it worked. And what has uh, since happened from that? Did it continue? Did it dip? Did it kind of go up and down? Give us an idea of that so that if people are wondering, like maybe they've had an experience where they've had a lot of social media presence, but then it's died and it's gone down back down to normal levels, so to speak. How do you maintain good social media presence? So our, our main focus was really to grow it around this time. And it's a full-time job. <laughs> it's, a, it's maintaining socials. It really is a full-time job. And because, you know, we're working within our bandwidth right now, I would say that we haven't been focusing on social growth since. There was a period, a couple of months where we really did. And then to keep things growing, I, I turned my attention to pursuing some of these beautiful initiatives that, you know, I, I mentioned to you earlier. And so it's kind of this dance, right? We're balancing, like, you want growth, but to me, it was important to not just have a big social following because that's like a little bit more of an ego trip. Like at a certain point, it was more like, okay, now that we have that to have, you know, some sort of credibility and to show people that we are legit and it, how do we turn that into actual impact and going through this phase. And now that we have certain, you know, big partners coming on for our forest initiative, we're about to go back into a social campaign. To me, it's so important, like have something to, important to talk about, to share, right? Like we could post photos all day of a tree and what we're eating and like, make it look like we're doing a lot of things. But to me, more than creating the perception, it's really important to have some substance around that. So, you know, ideally they say you want to post regularly to keep engagement and sort of thing. And in an ideal world, I would love to do that. But I, I say if when choosing priorities, it's important to, to make sure you have something worth following and, and worth getting people engaged as well. Now, I'm really glad to hear that because I think that's very realistic. I think you said something, said several things that are really important. Number one, it's a, it's a full-time job. You do need, if you really want to do it well, you need to have somebody dedicated to your, in your organization to doing that on a regular basis. But then I also like what you said about have a story to tell. Don't just do it because it's the cool thing to do or the important thing to do, but do it intentionally so you can tell stories about your mission. Okay, so now moving on a little bit to something a bit different, but it's related to the podcast. Well, this is a leadership podcast. And so one of the things I really love to hear from my guest is what or who really transformed them as a leader, who influenced them as a leader. So my next question would be, give us an example or two examples of leaders who have shaped you personally. Tell us about what about their leadership impacted you and how did they shape your own leadership now that you're leading your own nonprofit? That's a good question. I like that. Uh, I would say that it, it really started with my parents and I spend so much time with them, you know, so <laughs> it makes a lot of sense that they would have an, an impact on me. And the beautiful part with them in particular is that I grew up seeing two people who had very different beliefs that didn't agree on a lot of things, figure out a way to respect each other's differences and hear each other out and still be able to work together as, as complementing partners. And so that to me is so foundational in who I am. It's this belief that if we don't believe in the same thing that we can't 
be productive. It just doesn't make sense to me. And that's why I'm, I have a nonprofit about, you know, unity. But so I really start, you know, that was a, a big, big lesson for me. It continues to be, I would say the next most you know influential person for me has been Oprah. And I followed her since I was in middle school, but I really like how she's used her experiences as a way to deeply connect with people and empathize, even if she doesn't agree with them or, you know, or I've seen that her style of communicating and connecting has allowed for more openness and more honesty in conversations. And I think that that's really the beginning of things moving in the right direction and finding solutions and things. So uh, those are people that I really look up to. I love it. No, great examples. Uh, Thanks for sharing that. And staying with the leadership theme, as you think about the rest of this year and even into 2022, what do you feel like are going to be the biggest leadership challenges facing you and your One Heart Movement organization? Hmm, Moving forward. I mean, for us, time has always been a big challenge. Um, And again, also a bit self-inflicted because, uh, you know, I hit the ground running with so many goals and things that I wanted to accomplish in a short amount of time. But I like that, you know, because it pushes me, it pushes the organization to move as quickly as possible. Now, obviously being flexible to adjust as necessary is, is key as well. So I think I could see time is continuing to be time management, right? To have different initiatives with a very small group of people organizing it is something that will be skill that I will be working on during this course. And then the other one is I'm continuing to build up our credibility as, as we're new, like, what can we do to help, you know, legitimize ourselves in bigger and bigger spaces. Um, but we've already started doing that with strategic partnerships and people who are on our board and such, and, and we'll just keep doing that. Nice. No, I like it. Thank you for sharing that. And again, again, very real. Time management is one of those critical pieces, right? That no one really sees, but you see the results when someone does manage their time well. And I'm glad you mentioned it too, because I think for a lot of my listeners, they come from nonprofits that are not that large. And you said sometimes you, maybe that's where you start. When you're starting, you have a small group to begin with. You've got big dreams, big visions, but you've got to do that with a small group. And so how to do that well is so critical and so important. Well, I have a feeling that people are going to listen to this and they're going to want to connect with you and or your organization and learn more about it. So how could they do that? What's the best way for them to find out more about you and your One Heart organization? Well, you can start off by checking out the oneheartmovement.org. And we have background on what we're up to and who's uh, working with us or who we're working with up there. You can also reach out to me directly. My email is kk at the oneheartmovement.org and our socials at the One Heart Movement. And my personal is at Krista underscore Kleiner. Well, that's great. Well, thank you for uh, you giving those opportunities for people to connect. I encourage my listeners to reach out and ask more questions because, uh, again, you are still in the midst of this growing movement uh, and you're learning a lot of things along the way. But I've been impressed from what I've read, how much you've already achieved some great success that nonprofits have been around for 10, 20, 30 years have not achieved. So way to go. Keep up the good work and love your heart to want to do something different to really make the world a better place. Thank you so much, Rob. And, and I will say, I, I hope that, you know, you'll, anyone listening will reach out. I would, I'm all about collaboration and, and, you know, mutually supporting. So please reach out. Let me know what you're up to. You can see how we could support and, you know, and if there's any way that what we're doing could fit in with what our listeners are up to too. Uh, let's collaborate. 
Hey friends, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on both iTunes and Spotify. If you're wondering how to find it, just type in the words Nonprofit Leadership Podcast and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast and your feedback will help expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as possible. You can also find other resources and interviews of past guests on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Again, that website is nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.